Welcome to C-Suite Radio. This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th. And it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of The Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast where we interview your favorite celebrities, comedians, authors, everything pop culture related, wherever that exists. And today's guest, I'm excited. I've been wanting to talk to Dave Hollis for a while, and the stars aligned perfectly. And here we are. He is a very busy man, and obviously, people know who you are, Dave. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here today. Ah, oh, Brett, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, I had one of your friends on recently, John Acuff, and we talked a lot of different things. Yeah, about his book, and you came up a lot in the conversation. So uh, when your publicist, Katie, reached out and said, Dave's doing interviews about his new book, are you interested? I was like, heck yeah, I would love to get Dave on the show. Let's, so thanks for oh, being here. I love it. And I love it. this connection with John. Yeah, yeah. John was fantastic. And I've read both of your books. Now, obviously, your book is not due out until October, but we're going to talk about it and hopefully not give away too many spoilers. But I have to say, Built Through Courage, you're very honest and transparent about a lot of things. But I think you've always kind of been that way. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those weird things where once I transitioned away from corporate, you have to almost decide, are you going to go into this space in a world of transparency with like a, 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 a thought toward transparency and vulnerability or not? If you don't, I'm not sure that you're going to ever really connect with people. And so I decided to kind of go all the way, even if it made me uncomfortable, sometimes including the stuff that I write. If it makes me uncomfortable, that's usually the thing that I'm like, oh, this is probably what the audience needs to hear the most. So um, you go, you hope that maybe there's an empathy bridge of some kind that is created with the audience or the reader and, uh, and hope that there is something in your stories that allows the audience to see themselves inside of them. Yes, it's very encouraging. And in this book, and really just kind of in your life in general, you've, as I mentioned earlier, you've just always been open and transparent. Um, obviously, as a public figure, your life is under the microscope anyway, so people are always watching but you made, for people who might not be familiar with your story, essentially you were in corporate, you worked for the Disney Corporation, a few other things, stepped away to pursue this lifestyle, this entrepreneur thing uh, with Rachel at the time. And you guys were building, 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 and things were kind of ramping up to a book tour for you. And she was doing things. 
and the pandemic hit and everybody's life literally fell apart. Um, and of course, not to focus on the negative things, but you obviously went through a very public divorce and all of that. And, and again, you've just remained so positive and encouraging to us folks out here who are looking out from the outside in really and going, man, you know, things are not always great all the time, but there's always light at the end of the tunnel, right? Regardless. And you've seemed to have put that fortitude out there just from everything that you're doing right now. Oh man. I appreciate it so much. It's, it's an interesting thing. I made the super bold prediction uh, declaration at the end of 2019, that 2020 was going to be my best year ever. What I didn't appreciate in that decision that 45 would be my biggest and best year was that I would not have a say in the conditions that might produce my best. And so as it turned out, like, I mean, I appreciate, man, like, oh, it's too bad that you had to. And I just will refute that it's not too bad, right? Like, I don't want to repeat necessarily the feelings that came in the end of my 16-year marriage or the grieving that still intermittently takes place and adjusting to what ends up being a new normal. But I am grateful that so many good things were able to be born out of the ashes of what was. And I don't know that I would be where I'm at if not for having to have had both my hardest year ever produce my my best year ever, because I think those things can happen at the same time, even though, like I say, I don't want to repeat it. And, I, and I'm sure if, if anyone who's listening is going through a hard time, man, I'm sorry that you're going through the hard time. I'm also not sorry you're going through the hard time. Maybe there will be something amazing forged in the fire that you're having to work through in, in real time. Yeah, I agree 100%. Obviously, I've, I don't know if I mentioned this, maybe I've been through divorce. I co-parent, going through the similar situations. And I think one of the misconceptions, as you mentioned, people are like miserable comforters, as I like to call them from the book of Job, you know, people just kind of coming along and saying, oh, I'm sorry, this sucks for you. And it's like, okay, yeah, but also this is going to make me a better person. And it's a constant grieving process. I've been in it now almost eight years, and it's still something that is very mourning to me, and I'm always having to face it one way or the other. And I think what people don't realize is that, okay, yeah, things are done, but you're still having to deal with and interact with that person for the rest of your life, especially if you have children. I'm 47. I got a late start. I have an eight-year-old sitting here with me, and we're going through the things already. So again, I appreciate your honesty. This book that you have written was such an encouragement, and I'm lucky because as a media person, I get to read things early. Um, And Katie's like, please don't put this out on the internet or anything like that. Um, So obviously, let's talk about the book. This was clearly, this is something that you started kind of when things started to unravel or were you already working on this and you had to change course a little bit with your story? Yeah. I mean, in a, in a beautiful way that felt ordained in some ways, I I had already started working on the book before my marriage ended. And I say, fortunately, because there was something so cathartic in coming to the work in the midst of processing the hardest thing I'd ever been through. I'm privileged in that I haven't had as much, hardship and, and, and tough stuff in my life necessarily. And this for me was the hardest thing. 
and writing a book about casting a vision for where you want to go and being super self-aware of where you currently are so that you can map what it's going to take to get there in the midst of having my vision for the future completely pulled out from under my feet and having to now cast this new vision it was perfect in 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 the way that it fueled the writing process so there definitely was a shift in what I was writing because of what I was experiencing. But I think part of what hopefully comes through as you read the book is that there is um, not necessarily like detailed details of my divorce so much, but you do, I hope, feel the feelings that I was experiencing and in connecting to those feelings, maybe you feel less alone in your own struggle. I struggle, you struggle, anyone who's listening struggles. That's part of the human experience. What you make of the struggle ends up being so much of the opportunity for any of us. And the book hopefully acts as somewhat of a guide in how to take the headwinds that you've been handed and how you can turn those things into personal triumph. Yes. One of the challenges I think that we face as humans is that we get in the way of ourselves. We don't like to embrace the failure. We don't like to embrace what we might perceive as the negative things, right? Like, but really... There's clearly something greater at work going on that we might not see. For you, again, you know, you've always been very public about your life. Let's just take out the other stuff just from the beginning, from leaving the Disney Corporation, this corporate job to really pursue the unknown as an entrepreneur. Do you find it more difficult to to face challenges for yourself, even as an individual, as a public figure, or do you just kind of deal and live life like everybody else as far as passing? And I know that sounds like maybe a weird question, and I'm certainly not leading the witness necessarily, but I think a lot of people listen and they want to kind of know, like, how does Dave face these things? Because you talk about making failure work for you. Like, what is your process, I guess, would be the question to sort of working through the challenges that you face as an individual as a dad, as an entrepreneur, all of that sort of balled up into one thing. Yeah, well, I mean, number one, I am as human as anyone who comes along and joins me in community. The quote unquote public figure tag that might be dubbed to me uh, does not uh, make me immune in any way to the feelings that every single person feels every single day, right? Like I have like so much pain and so much frustration and I still wish that I loved myself more or could, you know, when I'm looking for peace, find it on the days when it feels like it's so elusive. But there is something that I do think I have been the beneficiary of because of the quote unquote public nature of my life. And that is, I have this amazing community of people that have had this ability to process this journey with me in a way that has never made me feel necessarily alone. Um, a lot of times I'll hear from someone who has also gone through a divorce or um, maybe is a little further along in their journey and their encouraging word of, hey, it's going to get better. This is the way that it's going to get better over time has been just that little dose of hope that I need to cling to on that day when I'm feeling super down. And then there's also the person who's just starting out their process. And now that I'm more than a year into mine, for them to see some of the good that came out of some of the hard it ends up being something that for that person can be encouraging as they find themselves at the beginning of the tunnel, as I might call it, crawling through to God only knows how long it might take to feel normal again. And so um, 
there is something I think beautiful about being in community, whether it's, you know, having a, a following on Instagram or just being in community in your local hometown that allows you to feel normal with the feelings you're feeling. I, you know, like we are all in this collective humanity working through struggle and working through emotion and working through feeling. And the more that you can be given a nod every once in a while, like, yep, this is normal. You're okay. There's nothing wrong with you. It's completely fine to every once in a while cry at 2.30 in the afternoon. It just happens. <laughs> Keep on keeping on. Um, it just, you know, again, it just like, I think it makes you feel like you can overcome whatever's going to come next. Yeah. I like that crying in the middle of the afternoon. I've had that happen even recently. I just came back from a long vacation after this whole pandemic. And I just kind of felt like everything was building up. You know, it's like, why am I doing this? Do I need to do this? Can I afford to do this? You know, what about my son and just all of these things. But really, I think it comes down to being human. And again, you know, the whole public figure thing that that's not a title that you asked for. Obviously, you're just living your life and doing what you do. It just kind of sort of unsequentially becomes attached to you. But you've just you've seemed to like you have friends, normal friends. Your life is normal. People, his life is normal. That's the message I want to get across. He has kids. He has a toddler. He has buddies that he hangs out with. He's got the woes of dating that you've also shared and is also very encouraging yet humorous sometimes that you talk about things on Instagram. Do you find because of all of this that you have going on, sometimes it's just easier to get out in front of things and just be public about it as far as posting it on Instagram or your stories instead of just kind of maybe people chasing after you later like, the gotcha kind of interviews and that sort of thing, which this is not, by the way. And I'm just very curious, you know, like I think people want to know, you know, sort of the genesis of this book and kind of how it all ties together. Yeah. I mean, I think the headline ends up being, I, I went on this uh, three day uh, escape uh, at the beginning of 2020 to try and cast a vision for how I was going to make this best year of my life come together. And when I was on this rock in the middle of nowhere, Tucson, I went backwards five years to try and identify where pain had existed in my life. Like every time I didn't like myself, felt guilt or shame or whatever, was there a variable that was available in that environment that maybe if I could see it, I could eliminate it. And the thing that was always present when I didn't like myself or when I didn't feel good about myself when I was by myself was inconsistency. There was like incongruence, uh, a lack of integrity between this person that I had portrayed myself to be on social or the person I said I was going to be or the person I know myself has the potential to be and the way that I actually showed up. And anytime there was space, anytime there was any space at all between the way that I was intended to live on this life because of the creator's vision for who I could be and the way that I just didn't show up. I didn't feel great about myself when I was by myself. And so the, the only thing that I know for sure when it comes to social or frankly, any relationship that I have is that I want to be seen as me. And if you decide to like me as me, that's rad. If you decide to not like me, that's totally fine. I am not for everyone, but what I can't be is not me. I, what I, what right. I can't be is curating a version of who I'd hope for you to be because when I do that, that's when I don't like myself. That's when I feel like I have been something of a sham. And so social or my interactions with anyone that I'm in relationship with, my, my intention, my intent is 
to truly be myself so that I can develop intimacy with you, whether that's the broader audience or with someone who I'm, you know, my, one of my kids or Heidi or whoever it might be, uh, because I don't want to not be myself. I, I don't like myself when I am trying to act the way I think that you need me to act. And so I don't know that it's so much getting in front of it, though I will say the only time I've said this to all of my teams throughout the course of my career, the only time that anyone gets upset is when they get surprised. And yeah. so if I can be so consistent in the way that I show up as myself, that you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, who I am and what you get, again, you might not like me, but you're not going to get upset because you know, oh, that's just Dave being Dave. And either yeah. you choose to be part of this crew or you don't choose to be part of this crew. If you don't want to be part of the crew, great. There are subculture fan groups that just of people that just don't like me. And they will welcome you with open arms. They are, I'm sure, miserable people. But guess what? They exist. And if you want to go like, be in that community, be in that community. But if you want to be in my community, at least if I've been consistent, you always know what you're going to get. I love it. It's as advertised, right? Like, this is Dave Hollis as advertised. I like that idea that you mentioned, Dave, about people, the only time that they're unhappy is when they get surprised. And typically that is just lack of you know, planning on somebody's part, not you specifically, or just not living a consistent life. And I think really the overarching theme of this book is great because it just presents us with the consistent life story of the last year or so, even more things, kind of your transformative journey through some rough waters. And really, to me, the, the main theme I get is that you're encouraging us to dive in and take control and find a life of purpose, right? That's really the theme. Is that your hope for the readers? Absolutely. I mean, the, the headline ends up being that you, me, every human listening, we are all uniquely created. Like not one of us has the same thoughts or the same feelings. None of us have had the same experiences. Every one of us was intentionally designed, right? Like you don't have to believe in the God that I believe in, but you were created with intentional purpose. And I believe yes. that the reason why we're on this planet is to honor the intention of our creator. And the yeah. more that I can fully live into a life of maximum potential, right? Like I know I have these gifts. I know I've had these experiences. They have as a limited edition, one of one, right? Like I am the only person on the planet that has the skills that I have, the thinking that I have, the love that I have, the experiences that I've had, and so true, uh, so too is it true for you. And with those unique things, this limited edition one of one version of you, there is purpose in this. And so our job is to unlock and fully utilize the purpose that we were placed on this planet very intentionally for. And it takes, one, it takes work, right? But like a lot of what it takes is courage because living truly and fully into who we were placed on this planet to be sometimes runs in opposition of the opinions of other people or the way that your family of origin may feel comfortable with you doing the thing that you say that you're here for or with some norm in society or with what it quote unquote means to be a good girl or a real man or what like whatever that like whatever those definitions are it might be that you're in a partnership, a relationship with someone who has become comfortable with you being okay, just being okay. And your decision to leave what you've known for what you need 
is going to make them uncomfortable. And so like sometimes, right, it takes courage to step into our truth at the expense of someone else's comfort. It's probably going to make us uncomfortable deciding to pursue something that is bigger than or different than what we've historically pursued, because in that newness, we're not going to be great at it at the beginning, right? And so reframing how we think about the worry of what not getting it right right away actually means, or if it's even worth worrying about, or reframing failure as just this rich data stream as opposed to some indictment on our worthiness. If you can, if you can embrace those things with courage, you can actually get closer to living out the intention of why you were put on this planet and into purpose. And I think, you know, I've got a, a good buddy in Brendan Burchard. He, he, he's talked a lot about like the things that really matter at the end of your life. And we were talking at the beginning of my journey in transitioning from married to not married. And one of the things that he was talking about is the idea of all of us needing to matter, right? Like at the end of your life, you're going to wonder, like, did I matter? And matter like comes back to purpose. Like how close did you come to actualizing the reason why you were on this planet. Well, if you can equip yourself with the courage to face your fears that would keep you from actually making this purpose come to life on this planet, well then great. You're gonna be someone who feels like they've mattered at the end of time. And if you let those fears keep you stuck inside of something that's familiar and comfortable, it's likely at the end of your life, you're gonna struggle a little bit with that question of, did I matter? Did I, did I really actually have an impact during the time that I was here? That was great. We could stop there. I mean, we're not done, but I'm, I feel ministered too. I'm like, all right. You know, I think that sometimes we often equate our circumstances or failures to who we are as people. And we let that define us. And I think that can be so crippling as I was listening to you talk. I'm even thinking about experiences in my life recently, the past five years, just because I'm this doesn't make me that right. That doesn't mean it's one or the other. Of course, obviously, we have some sort of role in the process and the outcome even, especially if we really feel like we're trying our hardest to make it work. You talk a lot about, you know, kind of not really pursuing what you want, but pursuing other people's passions and just kind of going and going and going and then realizing, wait a minute, this has gone far beyond than I expected it to go now, how do I get out of it? Or how do I change the scenario, right? I mean, that's what I'm hearing. It's like, you know, whether it's your situation or anybody's situation who's listening and you're in a situation, a relationship, a job, whatever the case might be, you know, we have to be our own watchman, right? And be self-aware of what's happening around us. Otherwise, we could wind up in a very challenging situation and you talk a lot about navigating these rough seas and really just allowing things that happen in our life to mold us and shape us our purpose in life it's a great book thank you well there's a there's a quote i used in this book and in my last book by a guy named les brown which is hope in the future is power in the present right so like if you can cast a hopeful vision of your future it makes you feel strong and powerful in your present what so often I think gets in our way is the current circumstance that we find ourselves inside of compromises our ability to dream. It compromises our ability to have 
as beautiful an imagination for what's possible in our life because what currently exists is the, what will likely always exist or the, the, the things that are currently weighing us down are things that we deserve or just are a lot in life or I'm just the unlucky person or the person that doesn't get the breaks. And you have to find a way to break free from any of that storytelling, any of the limiting beliefs that you have taken as truth so that you can cast as hopeful a vision of the future as possible. So often when we're in that place of compromised ability for dreaming or imagination, it's because the experiences that we've had, we've seen as having happened to us rather than having happened for us. And it's, man, easy to say if you haven't been through a whole lot of stuff, but your ability to reframe how each of the things that you've been through have absolutely 100% happened for you, set you up. You may not have liked them, voted for them, deserved them. It not, may not have been fair or just, but because they happened, if you're able to find a way to see how you became stronger, more resilient, that you now have seen the ability for you to get through whatever you uh, you know have coming next because of your ability to have gotten through what you've already been through, it just changes the way that you're able to cast that hopeful vision. And so if, if someone right now who's listening in any way is just like stuck in a, like a prolonged season of struggle. I want to encourage you to surround yourself in any way possible with some positive influences that can help you cast that hopeful vision for what's possible next in a way that's a departure from whatever you're currently experiencing. Don't let your current circumstances limit hamstring your ability to cast a real positive vision for your future. This whole book, I mean, like in its essence, it's a book about having self-awareness for where you are, casting a vision for where you want to go, and getting specific about what it's going to take to get there. And if you can start by, yep, having some real self-awareness of where you are, but then allowing yourself to dream and have an imagination for what your real purpose on this planet is and what it might take to get there, your entire, every single thing in your life can change. And there you have it, folks. In less than 30 minutes, we have solved all the world's <laughs> problems. This book is great, and it's built through courage. Face your fears to live the life you were meant for. It will be available everywhere nationwide October 26, 2021. Dave Hollis, thank you for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. It's been an honor chatting with you. Thank you so much. Oh, man, I appreciate you, and I thank you for having me on. If any of your listeners are interested I am doing a free community challenge for the next 90 days leading right up to the release of the book. If you hit MrDaveHollis.com, all the details are there. It is 13 weeks of coaching. I would love to have you join. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.